This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, especially if you are first time here, blessings to you. And for those who are worshiping with us online, warm blessings to you as well. We have announcements, as we always do this morning. Actually, even before we get to some of the other slides, we have uh, some visitors from Illinois. So, you know we have been praying for St. Peter Lutheran Church. Well, I would actually like Mike and Michelle, why not? You can both stand up. But Mike is the, yes. Mike is the president of the council at St. Peter Lutheran. So, uh, a warm welcome. And, and, and Bob and Betty are back too. I feel like I'm going to do romper room. And I see Bob and Betty and... Uh, no, okay. But uh, so it's, it's great to have you here. Yeah. So we, they've recently joined the AFLC, and we continue to pray for them as we do every week for a pastor to shepherd the flock. But to their credit, they have maintained for, is it almost three years now? Three years. So that's a testament, actually, to faith. It really is. It's a testament to faith of staying together through those times. So I, I'm just pleased as punch, as they say. Okay, uh, announcement. So we do have our Bible challenge. As a reminder, uh, it is the Old Testament. And if you want a reading plan, I sent it out uh, last week and also just yesterday in the update. If you are not getting the updates, please let me know, and I'll make sure you're on the emails. Uh, and also the uh, printed form of the New Testament, uh, the Old Testament reading is on the back table for you. Uh, we are in our study of Revelation, and uh, it's been wonderful. The online presence has been strong, and uh, last Wednesday we pretty much had a full room for our study uh, in the evening, so that was wonderful. Uh, everybody is welcome to join in. Uh, one of the things that uh, occurred is that Jan Langemo made something uh, based on the colors of the book of Revelation. I'm calling it the colors of heaven. And uh, she, it's called a sun catcher because you can put it on a window and all of the different beads and so forth will reflect different parts uh, of the colors. So if you would... And, and she also printed out a section from Revelation. So right in front of the piano, if you would like one, there is one for you, and it's the colors of heaven, the colors from the book of Revelation. So I, that was a real special treat that she did. So that's available. Uh, and, and by the way, in our calendar year, uh, today, believe it or not, is the close of Christmas. I know we don't have our decorations up, but we do have the three wise men. And so this is Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany Sunday is on the church calendar. It's the close of the Christmas season. All right, we have had reflections of outgoing members for our council. And as you know, we are looking for new members. And so uh, I'd like to invite Cheryl to come on up and give a reflection of a current member. 
Just hit the button. Good morning and Happy New Year to everybody. So like Pastor said, over the past weeks, you've heard from people that are outgoing. I don't know if I scared them away or not. But, um, but anyways, um, I just wanted to let you know um, just a touch of an experience of what I've, um, I've had while I've been in the council. I've been your church um, council secretary for the past year. So to tell you a little bit of how I got here, I was a teacher for 33 years, and I retired five years ago. And I know a lot of you are retired, and I know how a lot of you felt when you got retired. But when I retired, I surprised myself because I felt like I lost my direction and my purpose. And, you know, without my job, which is crazy, but the Lord clearly showed me that, um, you know, new times, new part of my life, and he has a new ministry for me. He has a new purpose for me. And a very small part of this is being on the church council. So when Jim uh, Duke asked for people to step up and be part of the council, all he asked for was a warm body. So I knew I, knew I could fit that bill. But uh, anyways, God really laid it on my heart that I was to be on this council. And you know what happens when the Lord speaks to you, you, you act. So anyways, um, I also let Pastor Clayton and Jim know, hey, I'm a snowbird too. So um, they said, no problem. You can, you know, either, you know, when you're here, you're with the meeting or, or else you can be uh, part of the meeting via phone. So that that's what happened. But anyways, as the church council secretary, I knew one of my main jobs, of course, was to take the minutes in each meeting, which I do. But I didn't really think about the additional blessings that I would have. I, got, I get to be with some of my brothers and sisters and have a little bit of extra fellowship with them. Um, we get to prayerfully make big, sometimes big, or small decisions for our church and our church family. One thing that this job reminding, reminded me was that you don't have to put a ton of time into something to make a difference. And our meetings are right after church every month, and that's very convenient. And um, it doesn't take a lot of time, but, um, you know, you can, you know, put more time into it. Of course, there's additional job things that we do need to do. But anyways, over the past year, we've experienced a lot of blessings in our church and, and as a result of decisions we've made in our council. We've, I'm just kind of looking back over the year. We had the AFLC concert choir and dinner for them back in um, last March. We made the decision to hire a wonderful helper in our sound booth. Um, we participate in Make a Difference Day in October. And then we had the Arizona Teen Challenge visitors and testimonies uh, just not so long ago in November to decisions about our fellowship hall. It's been a great experience for me, even as a small part, to be in our church council. And I hope one or a few of you warm bodies like me will prayerfully consider being a part of it. Also, if you have any concern or a new idea for our church, please feel free to talk to your pastor or me or someone else on the council, and 
um, we'll see if we can make something new happen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh, good news. So I sent this out yesterday. We had the stretch challenge, right, for our financial. We had a stretch challenge of 21,000. And for the month of December, 23,643. Uh, I am so grateful, truly. I am just grateful. Uh, this, this past year has been the highest uh, single year of offering that we've had since I've been here. Apart from, we've had some other special projects, but just plain offerings. And we don't do it with pledges. We don't do it trying to say, oh, you got to pay more, right? It's, it's not that because that's never, ever been the purpose of contributing to anybody. The purpose really, as we say each and every week, right? The purpose is because God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Amen. Hallelujah, right? Will you please stand as you are able? We begin this time of worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our call to worship is from Psalm 100. Together, please. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Amen, amen. And because this is the close of the Christmas season, we still have some Christmas songs. Okay? Yay. So we are going to sing... O come, all ye faithful.
we can come before our God. We can come before him who is holy and above all things. And we can come to him confidently even when we sin. Because he says, come to me, confess your sins, and you will be forgiven. So let's do that as a body. Almighty and everlasting God, we bow before you in repentance for our sins. We have sinned against you in many ways, most of which are unknown even to us. Forgive us for our bad attitudes that offend you, for remarks that hurt you and others, for not following your word and spirit as they try to lead us. Forgive us for those times when we have forgotten to call upon you and help us to live our lives in the way that will please you. This we pray, thanking you for your great love for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. If this indeed is your confession with a repentant heart, I declare to you the wonderful news. You, your sins, are forgiven. Amen. You may be seated. Going to have our time of prayer this morning. There are a lot of people that are on the prayer list this morning. Uh, the new year with new aches and pains. So let's come before our Lord first in thanksgiving. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of life and life everlasting you have given us in Christ Jesus. We thank you in your mercy and your grace. You have shown us, you have given us to him, to, given him to us. We thank you, gracious God, for such a gift. And so we praise you as all of heaven praises you. And we thank you, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. With gratitude, we praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. We lift so many people up this morning, Joy Church family and loved ones who are truly in need of healing, who need your grace, who need to be uplifted also in spirit, holding them close during this time. We pray for Jan W., for Norman, for Lynn and Fred, for Judy B. and Judy T., for Nicole, for Bud, Heidi, and Barb. We lift up Katie and Lisa. We pray for Sylvia. We pray for Mary Ann, for Nate and Judy. We lift up Leah and Jan H. and her son Todd for Dolly and Allie. Oh, Lord, the list seems to grow and grow. We know that nothing is outside of your ability, your power, your might. So we lift up our brothers, our sisters, our loved ones to you 
for healing. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for those who are in darkness this morning that they may see the light of Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would reveal Christ to those who are in darkness. We ask that you would reveal the hope and life that he is to those who are contemplating taking their own lives. And Holy Spirit, we ask that the message of the preciousness of life be given to all mothers and fathers and physicians so that the, that the unborn are protected. Lord, in your mercy, in this new year, we pray for the churches worldwide. We pray for revival throughout the churches, not of signs and wonders, gracious God, but of people coming to faith, of people knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. We pray for that revival throughout this world. Lord, in your mercy, we do pray for protection for our brothers and sisters around the world who are being martyred for the sake of faith in Jesus. And we know during these times that persecution will grow ever more. So we pray that their enemies repent, they turn from their wicked ways, and they too would know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for an outpouring of missionaries. We pray for an outpouring of missionary work here in this state, this country, and throughout the world. We lift up the AFLC and we continue to pray for Mafu and Edne for their work in Paraguay. We pray for the ministerial in this town. We pray for Pastor Bobby Brewer and for Raining Grace Chapel in Rio Verde. We Thank you for the work that you are doing there. We pray that more and more people come to that church, that they become followers of Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for the AFLC that this year, this year, that more men, 20, 30, 40 men, we hear the call to be pastors, to proclaim the word to shepherd flocks. And we continue to pray for St. Peter. We are thankful for the faith that they have stayed together. And we pray that you would bless them this year with a shepherd, one who truly will preach your word, will share the gospel with them so that they grow and flourish Lord, in your mercy, and gracious God, we pray for our church here. We are thankful for the work that you are doing here, for the leading us on. There's just such, your, your spirit is just here, gracious God, and we thank you for that. We give you praise and, and glory to you. We ask that you will continue to build this church to grow us in numbers, not for our glory, but for your glory, that Jesus is proclaimed, the gospel takes root in all of our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. And now we lift up our nation to you. 
Lord God, in many ways, it seems to be an impossible task with the division in this nation. But we know nothing is impossible for you. So we ask that you would bring us together. Bring us together through Christ Jesus and his gospel. Let there be a revival in this nation. Let the outpouring of Holy Spirit turn people's hearts to Jesus and so that all of our leaders would confess his name as Lord and Savior, Lord in your mercy. And now we take a moment for our own particular prayers to you. We lift this all up in the name of Jesus, our risen Lord and Savior. Amen. Now we'll have a sharing of God's Word, and I had a really good streak for a long time, uh, but the Isaiah reading is not right. It should be Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. It should be really close to page 715 in your pew Bibles. I, was, I had such a good streak, didn't I? Long time. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold... Darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. And your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and he and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Epheth. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. Will you please stand as you are able? Reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. 
Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord. In response to God's word, let us confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated.
Have you ever had an epiphany? You know, one of those aha, eureka moments, that sudden revelation. Now, it's often associated, by the way, in scientific revolutions, that epiphany that scientists might have. But we've all had epiphanies. For example, you might have been eight years old, and uh, some friends challenged you to go down one of the steeper hills in the neighborhood on your bicycle and hit that bike ramp and hit the bike jump. And in midair, you might have had an epiphany that this was not a good idea. I don't know. I might have had an epiphany like that. Or when you're shutting, you lock the car door, you shut it, and in the midstream of shutting it, you realize your keys are in the door. An epiphany. So we all have epiphanies, but as we get older, uh, they generally become more meaningful. I mean, especially if you've been a parent, right? There's an epiphany of like, oh, this is what it means to be a mom, or this is what it means to be a dad. And in the spiritual realm, to understand what grace is, not only to give it, but to receive it. And yet, the greatest epiphany that anyone can actually ever have is to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen. That is the epiphany for all of us. So today, Epiphany Sunday, it is a revealing of Jesus to the world. And not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. Now, in the church calendar year, there's three readings that often get used for Epiphany Sunday. 
One is the baptism of Jesus. The other is his first miracle of changing water into wine at the wedding in Cana. But the third one, which is often used, is for the wise men or the magi. Hence, the wise men or the magi that we have. Now, we all know this story pretty well. We've heard it. And we love singing the song, right? We three kings. And don't you just want to lean into the transition? Oh, you know, like when you're alone, you really just lean into it hard, right? Like Charlie Brown, we all lift our voices up. But the thing is, because we know it so well, and we know that song, sometimes we gloss over what actually happened that day. The miraculous event of Jesus being revealed to the Gentiles, to the wise men. See, on that day, what was revealed was the what was revealed was the king, the Christ, the shepherd, who was to be worshipped. So that's what we're going to see this morning. The revealing of the king, the Christ, and the shepherd. Before we do that, let's have a moment of prayer. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, this morning we pray for an ever greater revealing of who Jesus is through your word. We pray for our working of the Holy Spirit to open our eyes of our hearts, our minds, our souls, our entire being, so that we too will worship him in ever greater praise. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let us start with the king. We go to our text, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. So, much has been said about these wise men. So it's, first of all, it's said that they were kings. It's also been that their names were Melchior, Balthazar, and Caspar, or sometimes Gasper. There's a belief that one came from India, one came from Egypt, and one came from Greece. And there's a whole lot of other stuff that has been added to the story along the way. The fact of the matter, we know very little about these wise men. So let's dispel some of the myths. First of all, they were magis. They weren't kings. So magi. What's a magi? So a magi is generally a group of scholars who study the stars. So they would have been, more than anything, astrologers. So we don't know how many there were. I mean, we make the leap that there were three, right? There were three, and why do we say three? Frankincense, gold, and myrrh, right? According to Gary Larson, the far side cartoonist, there was a fourth wise man who's never been included because he brought fruitcake. Okay, so there you go. So we don't know how many there were. It just says wise men. And we don't know their nationality. What we do know more than anything 
is that they were Gentiles. They were not Jews. But they had studied the Scripture so that they knew that there was born the King of the Jews. It says this, And saying, Who is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. And that phrase right there, those, that verse, really encapsulates the main message of this entire account. It is this. They knew that he was born king of the Jews, and they came to worship him. That is the main focus of this account. So, how did they know, right? How did they know that he was king of the Jews? Well, God had prepared them. He had prepared their minds through the word, through his word. Now, we don't know what scripture they actually studied to know that this was the king who was born. It could have, they could have read a number of different accounts. I mean, we've, we've talked about this throughout. They could have uh, read 2 Samuel chapter 7, or they could have read Daniel chapter 7. So it could have been a number of different accounts throughout Scripture that points to be to Jesus being a king. By the way, you should note in the language, it says this, born king of the Jews. It does not say who will become king of the Jews. Isn't that interesting? So Jesus wouldn't become king of the Jews. He was already king of the Jews before he was born. And there's another interesting, really, bookend to all of this. So at the beginning of his life, right, at the beginning of his life, it was Gentiles who said he is the king of the Jews. And then at the end of his life, there was another Gentile, Pontius Pilate, who declared that he was king of the Jews. And on the cross, he wrote in three different languages, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. Jesus has always, always been king. So God prepared their minds through his word. He also prepared their spirits by giving them a sign, a miraculous star for the birth of the king. Now, just like the wise men, there's been a lot of speculation on this star, right? Was it a supernova? Was it a comet? Was it an alignment of planets? Don't know. But when people try to figure out all of these things, they start to lose the actual meaning of it. You see, God does give signs and wonders to point to his glory. So he gave a star, a sign, to point to Jesus, who is the king the light of the world. So they came because they knew he was the king of the Jews. He was also and is the Christ. Going to our text here, verse 3 and 4. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all of Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired them whether Christ was to be born. 
So Herod, also known as Herod the Great, he was a, a Jew, Jewish Arab whom the Romans had appointed ruler over Judea. Now, so by all accounts, he was a wicked man. He was stern. One person wrote that he was capable, crafty, and cruel. So he was capable. He achieved a lot in the first part of his reign. But the last decade of his reign, there was a lot of political unrest and upheaval. So he was on edge because there was a constant threat from without and within that he would be toppled, so to speak, that he would be overthrown. So when he heard that there was a king of the Jews, this was not good news for him. Not at all. In fact, well, he was troubled, and it says all of Jerusalem was troubled. But have you ever heard the phrase, if mama ain't happy, nobody ain't happy? You ever hear that one? If Herod ain't happy, nobody ain't happy. So that's why all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. Because he was capable, crafty, and cruel. In fact, he was so jealous that he had the wise men come, and he learned from them when they think the that this child might have been born. And then he went to Bethlehem after they had left and killed all of the male children two years or younger. Why two years or younger? Because this was what he, they thought, the wise men thought, when this child might have been born. So I know in the Christmas scene, we always have the wise men right there at the manger, but they would have come at least months up to two years later. So this was Herod, and he was cruel and wicked. But I, I want to back up a moment. Let's back up a moment. It says, And all of the chief priests and scribes and the people, he, Herod, inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So listen, Herod actually acknowledges that the Christ was to be born, or even if we give Herod the benefit of the doubt, which I don't think we should, but he, he might say, well, this might be the Christ. What does Christ mean, by the way? That's simply the Greek word for Messiah. So the Messiah who was to be born. And we've covered this in all of Advent, even last week, in our readings from Isaiah, Zephaniah, they are called messianic prophecies. They point to the Messiah, the Christ. It's all there plainly in Scripture. So I'm just going to review some of the things we covered. Isaiah chapter 11. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. You remember that one? We also covered this from Isaiah chapter 40. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. 
Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has appointed me, anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The reason we spent so much time in Isaiah is because these are messianic prophecies that point to Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. And this is the declaration that Peter said. When Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So this all points to the Christ, the Messiah, foretold in all of the Old Testament. Now, if you were there with Herod, with the wise men, and you heard this is going to be the Christ, you would be excited. But Herod was not, was he? He was not excited at all. In fact, he plotted to do evil. Even when he was told, this is the Christ. And so there's a lesson from Herod. We must never forget the callousness of pride and sin which covers the heart. You see, apart from Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, this is the natural state of mankind. To fight against Jesus. To want to do him up him harm, and certainly to want to do his followers harm as well. See, the revelation, the epiphany that Herod rejected was that this is the Christ and the King. And he didn't want anybody to have authority over him And quite frankly, this is the issue for most people who don't know Jesus. They don't want him to have authority over themselves. But see, as you come to faith, you realize that you are not your own, that you were bought with a price. So we have the king, we have the Christ, we have the shepherd. Verse 5 and 6, they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So the chief priests and the scribes, they were, ap- uh, they were referencing the prophet Micah. So from Micah chapter 5, there's verse 2 and 4. You've got verse 4 on the screen. I'm going to read verse 2 also. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah from you, shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, 
in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. This is the prophecy that was given 700 years before the birth of Jesus. It anticipated the shepherd who would come and rule over his flock. You know, I don't know whether the wise men had read it or not, but certainly the chief, chief priests and scribes would know this that he would come from the line of David. David was known as the shepherd king. And David, what was David's hometown, by the way? Do you remember? Bethlehem. So from Bethlehem came the shepherd king, and now from Bethlehem comes the shepherd king for the world. I mean, even Jesus, Jesus himself said, I am the shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. So we see this throughout Scripture. Look, if you really want to be like the wise men, search the word, and you will see the king. You will see, you will see the king. You will see the Christ, and you will see the shepherd. And when you see the king, when you see the Christ, when you see the shepherd, do you know what you will do? Worship. You will worship him. So, verse 9 through 11. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So there's a saying, you can't see the forest from the trees. You're familiar with that one? It means that you look so much at the detail of individual trees, you don't get the big picture. We've used this analogy multiple times in Revelation, and we will continue to do so because it's so easy to get lost in all the specific detail and try to figure out everything, little thing where you miss the big picture. Same thing with this account. So we're coming right back where we started in the beginning. The focus of the account, the focus of epiphany, of Jesus being revealed is one of worship. One of worship. That's the whole focal point here. You see, the natural reaction of coming into the presence of God is worship. It says this, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. You know, this wasn't a polite little nod. You know how guys can get, we just like nod at each other. There's a child. Not, no, this was not that at all. They were overcome. And it says they fell down and worshipped him. 
That is the natural reaction coming to the presence of Jesus. That's why the song, so beautifully sung on Christmas Eve, A Holy Night, moves us so deeply. It says, fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices, O night divine. O night when Christ was born, O night divine. O night, O night divine. When you come into his glory, you fall on your knees. That divine moment. You see, this is what has and is and will continue to happen in heaven. Read Revelation chapter 5, and it is about the Lamb of God on the, thro- on the throne. So around the throne of God, there rises a heavenly chorus of multitudes, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb to be slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. That is the worship of God. That is the worship of Christ the King, the Lamb of God, the Shepherd. And so they came into his presence And they fell and they worshiped him and they gave him presence. They gave him presence worthy of him who is above all things. They gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now it's really interesting. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh is found throughout Scripture, it is found in the Old Testament. It's found in the New Testament. It's found in heaven. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, for the tabernacle, the tent where there was the holy place and the holy of holies, many things were overlaid in gold. And this is actually a reflection of what heaven would look like, a foretelling, so to speak, a foretaste of what we find in heaven. Revelation 21, verse 18, and then 21, 21. The wall, of, the wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. And the twelve gates with twelve pearls, each of the gates made a single pearl, and the streets of gold were and the streets of the city were pure gold like transparent glass. So there's gold, but they also offered frankincense and myrrh. I don't know if you know this, frankincense and myrrh, they're both an aromatic resin, sap from trees, if you will. But God, in the Old Testament, gave very specific directions, especially how to use frankincense for the making of incense. So frankincense and myrrh could both be used for incense. And incense plays a very important role in the Old Testament, in the New, and even in heaven. Incense is associated with the holiness of God. Incense is associated with the prayers of the saints being lifted up. It's also for the forgiveness of sin. And myrrh, by the way, 
is even associated with death because it was used to anoint the bodies after they had died. So you see these men, these Gentiles who come and worship Jesus. You could say this, gold for the child being the king, frankincense for him being God, and myrrh for the shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. This is the story truly of the wise men, the magi. So, for you, how do you take this in? What do you do with this? Pray this day for an ever, ever greater revealing of who Jesus is. And you don't have to have signs and wonders for that. How did the wise men find out about who was the king? It was through the word, wasn't it? If you immerse yourself in the word, he will reveal himself evermore. And you will see grace upon grace, mercy, forgiveness, a steadfast love that endures for generation upon generation. You will come face to face with Christ the King and the Shepherd. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I pray for everyone here, everyone who hears this message, all of our brothers and sisters, and especially for those who do not know Jesus, that through your word, Jesus is revealed evermore so that we are filled with his love, his grace, his mercy, his majesty, his holiness, his righteousness, and live a life evermore unto him. This is my heartfelt prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. In a moment, we are going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. For those who are visiting today, we do the Lord's Supper two different ways. We do it first by procession. So we'll do this side of the church first, this side of the church second. And for those who wish to do the individual cups, we will do that after the procession. Our Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, after they'd eaten, and he'd given thanks, he took the cup. He gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me.
Christ shed for you. Through the blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. And the blood of Christ shed for you.
For those who are doing the individual cups, please open the bread. The body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Having received his body and his blood, be strengthened in your faith, knowing that through him your sins are forgiven. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Will you please stand as you are able? And as we do on the first Sunday of each month, we pray the Lord's Prayer in song. Receive the benediction. This is from 2 Peter. May you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And now our closing song, the first Noel.
peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have a blessed week, everybody. And for those who are visiting, please stick around. We have plenty of food and coffee. (laughs) Amen.